Good morning. And Merry Christmas to all of you. And um, hello. <laughs> People are waving. Um, what a great day uh, the Lord has in store for us uh, here at Grace. And what a privilege that all of us get to be together. Um, this is just a beautiful picture of what heaven will be, except there'll be a whole bunch more folks that we know and love, and some are already there, uh, enjoying the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I trust that if you're here today, that you know, without a doubt, that when you close your eyes in death, that you will be with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And what a, what a blessing to know that truth. This morning, the first uh, part of our service, we, we've committed to baptism. Baptism is not salvation. Um, you're not saved, or one is not saved by being baptized. Um, but it is obedience to the Lord. It's a declaration to all of us that the folks that are baptized have come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they have a desire uh, in their life to live for Him. And I love the um, different age groups today. Um, I always like, you know, I love baptizing children, uh, but it's nice when they get older and you get to baptize them and they're teenagers. We have three teenagers today that are being baptized, and um, such a blessing. I've baptized older folks and younger folks. I remember years ago baptizing Amy Lofton, and she was 80 years old when I baptized her. And so um, this morning, uh, we don't have any that are 80, um, but we have five girls that are going to be baptized this morning. And uh, you're a part of that in that you get to witness uh, what they say today publicly through their baptism. And, and you're responsible if you're a believer. I don't know how that sounds to you, but, but it's the truth. You're responsible to help participate in their life and to encourage them in their faith and in their walk. Does that sound okay? That you would take on that responsibility? And I know that some have already done that. I know that a lot of these girls have went through Awana, and now they're in youth ministry, and some of you have been a big part of their lives. And obviously, I know uh, their families are um, thankful for your investment in their life and your continued investment. And so just before they come, I wanted to say, I meet with uh, every candidate for baptism, and every one of those meetings is so unique. Uh, they don't ever say the same thing. They always use a word or two that's a little bit different to affirm not only their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but their desire to live for Him. And that's just so encouraging to me. Uh, one of the girls started out with the holiness of the Lord. And I thought, man, that's, who does that, right? At nine years old, ten years old. And so I'm just so thankful to know that each one of these young ladies belong to the Lord. And today we get to be witnesses to their public proclamation that they want to follow the Lord, uh, not only in baptism, but in their life and living for him. So the first candidate for baptism is Taylor Cooper. You're almost as tall as I am. 
And she's not one of the teenagers. Um, say hello to everybody. Yeah. You just got water on the choir. It's okay. They're good. <laughs> All right. Well, Taylor, it's special to have you in here with me uh, today. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, sir. Isn't that great? Amen. All God's people said, Amen. It's just another one we get to be with in heaven, right? And is it your desire to live for the Lord in your life? Yes, sir. Amen. And all these folks in here that know you, see, I just told them, we all have a responsibility to invest in your life. We're going to keep doing that, all right? And so it gives me great privilege now to baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, our next candidate for baptism is Aubrey Tidwell. Aubrey? Now, this is a special little girl. They're all special girls, but this morning, her mom told me she was more excited about being baptized than Christmas. And uh, you don't find too many kids saying that. But we're really, really proud of Aubrey and, and her testimony. And um, see all these folks out here? Mm-hmm. Isn't it great? Yes. It is. All right. They're going to encourage you in your walk with the Lord, as is Pastor Thad. I want to ask you, Aubrey, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, sir. Amen. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. We're going to keep doing that until y'all get this right. All right. <laughs> And is it your desire in your life to live for him? Yes, sir. All right. Well, praise the Lord. It is now my privilege, my sister, to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. The next candidate for baptism is Lucy Kuykendall. These are taller. <laughs> you know, um, these kids, uh, a lot of these kids I get to see when they're first born. And I, I've got to see them grow and come to know the Lord Jesus and now be in youth group. And next thing you know, she'll be married and have kids. If you have a boy, hey, listen, if you have a boy, if you have a boy, you got to name him. All right, we're proud of you, Lisa, okay? Very proud of you. And um, I want to ask you, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, sir. All right, and all God's people said? Amen. Amen. All right, you're learning. All right, and is it your desire to live for him? Yes, sir. All right. Well, it is my privilege, my sister, to baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The next candidate for baptism is Autumn Skinner. And she's officially taller. Okay? (laughs) All right. Well, Autumn and I had a great meeting together. And um, this last summer, I got to tell you a funny story. She won't mind, I don't think. And there's always an apology if if she does mind. 
But we were at uh, camp this last summer down in uh, Panama City, and uh, she had some cereal. We were eating cereal in the morning, and she put orange juice on her cereal. Isn't that right? And I, I'm pretty observant, and I was like, is that orange juice on that cereal? She said, yes, sir. And so, uh, hey, go home and try it. Who knows, right? All right. Well, I really, really appreciate you. Autumn, and thankful for you. Uh, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Amen? Amen. And then, is it your desire, Autumn, in your life to live for Him? All right. What well, is my privilege, my sister, now to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit? All right. And the last one is her sister, Cassidy. Cassidy Skinner, come on down here. All right, this is Cassidy, and as far as I know, you don't put orange juice on your cereal, do you? No. All right. Well, um, you know, meeting with all the girls, uh, obviously, was a great privilege. And listening to how the Lord saved these young ladies, and um, I would just say publicly that I'm not going to forget any of them. Um, they were all special. They all had special language that they used. Um, they all had a great understanding um, of who they are and who the Lord is. And that's very important when it comes to salvation. And I heard that expressed uh, with Cassidy and with the others. And so I'm just so thankful for that privilege, all right? Um, Cassidy, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yes, sir. All God's people said amen. They're getting it. They're a little slow. All right. And is it your desire in your life to live for him? Yes, sir. Amen. All right. And it's now my privilege, my sister, to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't know about you guys, but that's a pretty good Christmas present. And I'm so, so thankful um, to be able to get to know these girls and be able to hear their testimony. And we need to pray for them, that they will walk with the Lord and live for Him. And so, I mean, aren't you thrilled that you got to witness that today? And I know you are if you belong to the Lord. All right, why don't we have a word of prayer? And uh, let's commit these young ladies to the Lord. Father, I just want to thank you so, so much. For each and every one of these young ladies today. Um, a public declaration. Not only that they belong to you. But um, in obedience want to live for you. Um, they publicly said today. They, they know you and, and they want to live their life for you. And, and Lord we all know who are older in the faith. That it's great to have people uh, along the way that can encourage you in that. Because there are times of, of um, a difficulty in the Christian life. And we need that encouragement. And so I just want to pray for these young ladies that you would encourage them. And that you would continue to use the body here at Grace to do that. Thank you so, so much for the privilege of being able to be a part of this today. And I pray that most of all, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is glorified. 
in all that we say and all that we do for the remainder of the hour. Uh, may his name be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. Thank you. Uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Now you are learning. Uh, excuse my voice this morning. Um, now, whenever our choir does a big musical thing like we did last Sunday, I tell them, pray that you stay well. You know. And then after it's over with, I said, you can get as sick as you want to now. You know. I didn't mean me. You know. I really didn't mean me. But that's what happened. And uh, I promise you it had nothing to do with overeating because if it did, I would really be in trouble. <laughs> But, uh, but anyway, um, but it's good to be in the house of the Lord and to witness that is just tremendous. What a, that makes a Merry Christmas, no doubt about that. I want to ask the choir to come up. Let's all stand and we're going to just sing Emmanuel, Emmanuel. His name is called Emmanuel. Let's just sing that together. Y'all sing out because my voice is not too good, but let's sing there, please. Emmanuel.
Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Linda and Ruth. We appreciate that. That gets us started. The joy to the world comes because we have a holy God who created this heavens and the earth, who created us, and he is unique, he is holy, he's set apart like none other, and he has come to us, Emmanuel. What a wonderful joy that brings to the world. Amen? And that's, uh, so we're going to start off with a kind of a different little song this morning. It's holy, holy, holy. You know, that's not exactly a Christmas song, but we're going to add a Christmas verse to it, okay? And so let's all stand. Let's sing holy, 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 and let's look at the words of this and sing it together, may we? A little more marshal on the piano, please. Oh, 
You know, the, uh, <clears throat> there are two references to the Lord, one in 2 Corinthians and one in James, one by Paul and one by James, the half-brother of Jesus. And they refer to the Lord as the Lord of glory. We know what the word Lord is, but what does the glory mean? It means how much he left his glory to come be with us. And so I would like for us to read a little passage of scripture, maybe in the verse in the um, John, in the book of John, chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. Let's read this together, maybe. Jesus spoke these things, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given to me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I want you to listen to the words of the choir as they sing, Lord of Glory.
may we pray together. Well, Father in heaven, we know that this time of the year we, we celebrate, we observe all that you have done. We observe your holiness in who you are. And Lord, we know that your son did not think that it was important to be equal, to be equal with you, God. But he humbled himself in a form of a servant, a lowly, poor servant, to come to a world that was in darkness. And even though he was the light of the world, God, darkness tried to overcome him. But Lord, he lived among us, and he even died a criminal's death. And the darkness thought that it had won. But Lord, him being the light of the world burst out in resurrection. And Lord, he ascended into heaven to you and now sits at your right hand. And Father, we look forward to the day when he's going to come back again. And Lord, we, we worship a baby in a manger, but we know that this is the coming king that we bow before. Emmanuel, God with us. He has come to us. Lord, not because we deserved it, but Lord, because you loved us and you showed grace and mercy. Lord, we just thank you. And that's the reason why we're all gathered here this morning on this wonderful Christmas Eve day to worship you and to bow down and to give you honor and the praise that's due you today. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that we have it's such an honor and a privilege to be in your midst today. And God, just bless our time together. Be with our Pastor Thad as he brings the message to us, Lord, that it would be the word that we would need in our hearts. And through the power of your spirit, Lord, you would open our hearts to your word. And Lord, when we leave here, Father, not that we've been blessed, Lord, but that you have been blessed and that you have been honored. Lord, thank you again for this time. These things we pray in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Ron and Choir. I didn't get the memo. I didn't know. We were, I, was, I, was, I would have gone up there today, Ron. I was raring to go. I'm not just a one-time guy. I can sing more than one time. Well, it's a very special day. Is it not? Not too many Sundays fall on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. So when you have those, they're, I think, very special. And an opportunity to focus on what's really important that we celebrate this time of year, and that is the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. There will be many activities that you will have today that you've probably already had and that you'll have tomorrow. None is more important for us than to celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus. This morning, um, we're going to have baby dedication, and I want to do that first before I give you what I call a little sermonette. I think it's one you won't forget, um, because it's one that um, 
is short and yet I think it's very pointed. You know, the Bible tells us that children are a gift from the Lord. And when they first come to us, boy, as mothers and fathers and grandparents, we're smiling ear to ear, we're proud, we, we button our coats a little different, we dress a little different, we poke our chest out because we're proud of our, our babies and our grandchildren and, and we just can't wait to tell the world so-and-so is here. And um, today we have an opportunity as a congregation to acknowledge that there are babies that are here. And these babies, just like you and I, need a Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning, it is going to be our privilege as a congregation uh, to have four children to be dedicated to the Lord. Again, this is not salvation. But it is an opportunity for the parents and the grandparents and the family um, to say to the congregation, we want our child to know the Lord and we want our child to come to know the Lord and we want our child to live for the Lord. Isn't that right? Isn't that what you wanted when you dedicated your children years ago? Some of you, those grandchildren were dedicated in the and the conversation goes something like this. I want my child to grow up and come to know Christ. That's what we want. And um, I have the privilege of having three granddaughters. And um, I want all of my granddaughters to know the Lord. And I want all of my granddaughters to live for the Lord. I am thankful to be able to say that my sons know the Lord. But did you know in an audience this size, there are, there are children that you have or grandchildren that you have that don't know the Lord. And so we need to pray for one another, don't we? We need to pray for our families. We need to pray for these children and grandchildren that their eyes would be open to the love of the gospel. To the love of the Lord Jesus who was willing to take the penalty of our sin on the cross himself. This morning, we have four children to dedicate to the Lord. Isn't that fantastic? Yes. Follow the lead. Yes. yes. So I'm going to ask that um, as I call uh, the names of the children, since they are maybe not going to be able to walk up if you as parents and grandparents, any of you family that want to come up here, stage is big enough, all right? So we want to do that this morning. And the first one that we have is Bear Kenneth Buckner. The parents are Evan and Amy Claire. Y'all come right on up here. Isn't that great? And any grandparents that want to come up here? Family, they come, listen, big family, all right, lots of people. 
Isn't it great? Hey, when they have a fellowship on a Sunday, it's... How many people come to your house, David? 30. 30. About 25 too many. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of people. <clears throat> All right, well, thank y'all for coming up here uh, today. And then we have um, Levi Brooks Wright and Emerson Ray Wright, and the parents are Trey and Sarah. It's good. Right? Amen. Yeah, I've had people ask me, that does it bother you when children are here? No, it does not. Not at all. I love having children in here. Some of the adults are more distracting than the children. Y'all come on up here. Just anywhere back here. Come over here to this side. All right. All right. And then uh, we have... Uh, a child and parents all the way from Colorado. Isn't that incredible today? Right? You remember those attendance things they used to give out years and years ago? So uh, Avery Carolyn Clark, and the parents are Tyler and Kylie. All right? And any of you family that wants to come up here and join, please do. All right? Isn't this great? They're being pretty good, so I probably ought to hurry up, right? <laughs> I just want to challenge, um, real quickly, challenge the parents and the grandparents and the congregation. To the parents, I would say that your responsibility, according to what I can tell from the Bible, is to bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, all right? They need Christ. They need to understand the story, the love story of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to challenge you parents to, to keep Christ at the center of your home. And then any grandparents, you can be at a great encouragement in the gospel and encouraging them in their faith as they come to Christ, and we pray that they do. I um, also want to encourage the congregation. You know, all of you guys have an opportunity to be involved in the lives of these, of these kids. And... Um, you are going to have that opportunity and you pray about that opportunity that the Lord would give you, that you would be sensitive to what the Spirit would say to you in order that you might pass on to them the truth of the gospel. Well, I've got a Bible. Or I should say we have a Bible. So this is for Avery. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Oh. Isn't that cute little baby? Because we only expect them to have the New Testament read by next Sunday, all right? All right, then we have Bear. Bear. Hey, Bear. Congratulations. Congratulations. Hey, Bear. Is that a pig you've got on that passing? It's a fox. It's a fox. I was about to get excited. And then we have... Levi and Emerson. All right? And I'll give these Bibles there to you guys like that. All right? Congratulations. All right? Congratulations. Um, wow, isn't this special? Isn't it special? Well, I can tell you this. Um, and it all goes to... The Lord and my mama was, she, was, she loved people. I love people. 
I love all of you. I want all your children to know the Lord. I want you as parents to follow the Lord and to live for Him. And so I'd like to have a word of prayer. Can I do that? And just commit these children to the Lord. So let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for these wonderful gifts that you have given to these parents, to these families. Our prayer, Lord, is that these children would come to know you in their life, that they would come to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and that they would live for him. I pray the parents would be models of that life and what that life looks like. And I pray that Christ would be the center of their homes. And I pray that all of us in this congregation would take on the responsibility of coming alongside of these parents uh, and that we would encourage them as they raise their children. And uh, what a blessing it is. What tremendous gifts that uh, you have given to these parents. And so we just dedicate them to you. And we pray, Father, that they would come to know your Son as their Savior. We commit them to you now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. They did so good. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't bad. I've heard worse. That wasn't bad at all. I love, um, I love hospital visits where I get to hold those babies. Um, you know, a lot of these students I teach on Wednesday nights, some of them I held when they were first born. And um, some of these ones who dedicate their children, right? And uh, wow, what a, what a privilege it is. Um, I'm just so thankful that all of you are here today. Uh, each and every one of you. I don't know each and every one of you uh, very well, but I know a pretty good portion of the people pretty well. But I don't know all of you. And I certainly don't know where you stand as it relates to the Lord Jesus Christ. I wanted to do baby dedication first uh, for a reason. Um, and that reason is because we celebrate the birth of a child, don't we? Um, but except this child, like no other. Um, I want to show you something. Can I do that this morning? I want to show you something I think you'll really, really appreciate. I want you to take your Bibles and go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Have you ever introduced yourself to someone and then introduced themselves to you? Has it ever happened where um, as they're repeating your name or you're repeating their name or you're being introduced to a child where a person says to you, well, that's not my full name. Well, you need to get that right. Well, what do you want me to call you? you ever, that ever happened to you where... You've had that conversation. My full name is Thaddeus Calvin Blunt. Just so you know that. You may not have known that, but I am telling you that. It is Thaddeus Calvin Blunt. And do you know how many times I've been asked in my life, hey, what do you want to be called? 
And I say, I don't care. You want to call me Thad, that's fine. You want to call me Thaddeus, I'm good with that. Being a pastor, people say, do you want to be called Reverend? No. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't. So please, like, if, if that's something you feel compelled to do, leave knowing you'd never have to do that. Brother Thad. I've had people call me Brother Thad, and I'm like, okay. That's, no, just Thad is good. But I think if my mom were here, she would probably say, I want you to call him Thad or Thaddeus. I don't know that she would ever say Thaddeus Calvin Blunt. But people are pretty particular when it comes to names. They want to be called by their name. Uh, this last week, I, the Lord just put on my mind, Luke 2, what do we call Jesus. And I thought, wow, if you did a survey, it'd be pretty interesting as to what people call that baby born in a manger. Wouldn't that be an interesting survey? I think it would. You know what's really terrific? We don't have to wonder as to who was born in Bethlehem. The angel tells the shepherds the name of the baby. And for the first time in my Christian life, this last week as I was driving, I was like, Lord, wow, I need to pay attention to this. The angel wasn't confusing. He didn't mince his words. It was... This is who has been born in the city of David, a Savior, right? Who is Christ the Lord. Oh. So it's not just this little baby. It's okay to say Jesus, but I think Jesus Christ the Lord is really good, and it communicates. And if the angel wanted to say something else, he would have been told to say something else, but he didn't. I just want to read this section, and I want to make three or four comments, and then you can go have Christmas with your families. Let's begin reading in Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was a house in the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. 
And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Imagine the, the Son of God. God made flesh, put in a manger, in a rock crib, a stinky rock crib. That's where he was. And in the same region, there were some shepherds. Now, notice the Bible doesn't tell us how many. You ever thought of that? Doesn't say one, three, five, seven, doesn't tell us. So when it doesn't tell us, we, we can't just put a number there and go, oh, I believe it was a seven, or I believe it was not. No, we don't know. And we don't know. It's okay not to know. That's okay. There were shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. There's so much about this that I could talk about today. I could keep you to two o'clock. I won't. I mean, if you're visiting, don't get nervous. Shepherds stunk. Shepherds stink. Their jobs are not white collar. Their office is outside. They watch over sheep. Did you know David and his family were from this very same spot? You ever thought about that? There's, there's a message in that too. One day we'll do that. I came, it was so awesome. I came with so many messages for Christmas. I've got at least five more. But there were shepherds staying out in the fields. That was their home. Keeping watch over their flock by night. This is next part I don't think we can imagine. I just don't think we can. But it says, An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. <laughs> okay, sheep being before them is one thing. Used to that, right? But an angel suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. I like the King James translation, sorely afraid. They were terribly frightened. You say, what does that mean, Thad? They were terribly frightened. It's one thing for one shepherd to be looking at another shepherd and shepherds to be staring at the sheep and watching over them, but an angel just all of a sudden... The Bible says that the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were sorely afraid. This next part is just so wonderful. This angel communicates to these shepherds. This is not a time for fear, but a time for joy. Do you like that message? Can I tell the church something today? With every event that's been going on in the last three or four years, this is not a time for fear, but a time for joy. Do you believe that? It's not a time for fear, it's a time for joy. Why? 
Because we know the Lord Jesus is on the throne. And we know the rest of what is going to take place. And while everybody else may be walking around in fear, there is no reason we need to. We can walk around with the joy of the Lord knowing this. Hey, you know what? If he takes me, guess where I'm at? In the presence of the Lord. In some respects, I mean this in the right way. In some respects, the last three or four years have been very disappointing for me to observe. Christians scared of the future. Are you kidding me? Listen to me. If you belong to the Lord Jesus, we have nothing to fear. Nothing. He's overcome it all. Even death. And that's why Paul says to be absent from the body to be present in the Lord. Hey, death's been defeated. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy living life. And I'm sure you do too. But here's the reality of it. One day, the Lord tarries in his coming. We will close our eyes in death. And the question becomes, where will we spend eternity? So I think a message of joy is always good, isn't it? And that's what we have here, not fear. But the angels said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Do you know that phrase in the original language means every kind of people? Every kind. You say, I thought thought, thought the, the Messiah was just for the Jews. Well, we do know, right, that grace was extended also to the Gentiles. You say, how do you know that? Bible tells us. In fact, we don't even have to go out of this chapter. Can you imagine that? Because down in verse 30, it says, as Simeon is talking, it says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles. In case you didn't know, that's you and me. And the glory of your people, Israel. So that phrase... For all the people, yes. First, the Jews, yes. But every kind of people, not just the Jews. Well, maybe this message could have been given to the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders because, man, they didn't stink and they were, they were higher up on the rung. They are the ones who deserve to hear this announcement. Aren't you glad that's not how the Lord deals with us? This message didn't come to the religious leaders first. It came to a bunch of stinky shepherds. I love that. The Lord doesn't do it the way we would. He, right here, is saying in and through this angel... This news is for all the people. It's for you, shepherds. It's for you, each and every one of you. And notice what he says, verse 11. For today in the city of David, which we saw earlier is Bethlehem, 
There has been born for you, shepherds. Keep it in context, shepherds, for you, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Notice how that looks. He identifies here the one who is born as, number one, a Savior. When we think of Savior, we think of who? We think of Jesus because just as the writer of Matthew tells us, it says, She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So that word Savior is very critical for us to understand in the context of the birth of the Lord Jesus. It says, for today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior. You know what that word Savior means? It's one who rescues, one who delivers. And that as we understand the New Testament, it's the one who came to deliver man from the penalty of sin. Because the Bible tells us in the book of Romans that the wages of sin is what? It's death. He came to rescue. He came to deliver. The Bible says in John and 1 John that he became the satisfaction as he went on to live and then to die. He became the satisfaction for our sins, but not only our sins as believers, but for the sins of the whole world. How many times have you shared the story with someone? And they, I'm just not good enough. I've, I've had that happen where someone said, Dad, I'm just not good enough. Why would God even love me? Why would God love me? But He does. He loves you. He loved you so much He sent His Son, the Savior, the one who can deliver you from the penalty of sin. So he says, in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior. So when we think about the birth of this baby, we need to think in context of a Savior. And do you know what? You may be sitting there today and you may be going, I don't need the Savior. But you do. And you know, Jesus himself said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And if you're one of those people who's going to, to, to just reject it, you need to know that you will bow to the Savior. You will. The Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'd love for it to be that you want to bow because he's your Lord. There's been born for you a Savior. I just kept thinking through, man, these shepherds, all the different things that must have been going through their mind. We know there's a response. Later in the section, we're told about that. But he says to them, today in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior who is Christ. 
the Lord. Did you know that this specific title in this order, Christ the Lord, from what I understand in my study, it's the only time in the New Testament it appears in that order. So I'm thinking, well, if it's the only time, I better get it right. I better try to understand it. So when this angel says, today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, what in the world, what is that title? Well, Christ, the word, means anointed one. One who has been anointed. One who has been set apart. The Lord Jesus Christ was set apart as Messiah. Now, I would say, of all the different things were presented about this baby, I think Savior, we can get and understand. I think Lord, we're going to get and understand. But I think Christ is a little harder for us as Gentiles. I don't know everything going through the minds of the shepherds, but I do know this, that in that day and in that culture, Rome was in control. And people wanted, right? They wanted that oppression of Rome to go away. The Jews wanted that. They wanted a deliverer, a rescuer. And do you know that there are so many Jews that missed out on the first advent and have missed out on the first advent. They're still waiting for the rescuer, the deliverer that would come and rule and reign as king. And we know, if we look at the entire Bible, that one day he's going to come and rule and reign as king. But the first time he would come and be the suffering servant. You ever thought about how many Miss that message? Wonder if all the shepherds got it. Wonder if all the shepherds recognized that the purpose of his first advent was to come as the savior of the world to rescue man from the domain of darkness. Have you been rescued from the domain of darkness? You have if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. But for the Jews, this was a big deal. They were looking. They were waiting. There was 400 years of silence. And then this baby was born in Bethlehem who the shepherds were told was Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. I'm not even sure we could appreciate everything going on here. I I was convinced I couldn't. You might be able to, but I can't. I know this, that it impacted, this message did impacted the shepherds. You say, well, how do you know that? But look at verse 15. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way 
to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. <laughs> the statement we're looking at. That statement. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. Listen to me. They just didn't walk around saying, hey, Jesus was born. No, 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 no. They got directly from the angel the message they needed to pass on. A Savior has been born for you who is Christ, anointed one, Messiah, the Lord. Then the Bible tells us in verse 20, the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God. All that they had heard and seen just had been told them. Christ, Savior, and then he says, Christ the Lord. You know who was born in that manger? The God-man. Are you listening to me? This is very important you get this. The God-man. None of these children that we dedicated this morning to the Lord are deity. But in Bethlehem was born the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it ought to bother us as Christians when people treat him like he's just some other baby that was born. No. My friends, listen to me. The God-man was born that day. I think Ron even prayed that if you're listening. You know, one of the dis- this is a side note. One of the disciplines in the Christian life is listening to someone pray. Did you know that? And as Ron was praying, he was talking about the one who humbled himself and took on the form of a bond slave. You say, who was that? Jesus Christ the Lord. That's who. Twenty-something times the word Lord is used in chapters 1 and 2. All in reference to God. God was born. Say that, huh? What are you talking about? Do you know the apostles got it eventually? You know how I know that? Because John, when he writes his letter, it tells us in chapter 1 about the what? The incarnation. God made flesh. If that, I don't understand that. Yeah, <laughs> jump on the train. You get it? Man, I believe. That's the way I can respond. I believe. I believe that that day in the city of David was born my Savior, who is Christ the Lord, who is God. And it's not a 50 50 proposition. Fully man, fully God. 
you know, one of the definitions, and I'll close with this. You know one of the definitions of the word Lord there? This is a really good one. Is the one who has absolute authority. You say, really, Thad? Yep, that's what it means. Think about this. That when that angel announces to the shepherds who's born Christ the Lord... Christ the Lord is over that angel. You ever thought about that? It hit me like a ton of bricks today. And yesterday, and the day before, and the day before, because I was like, wow, that's right. This angel who announces the birth of the God-man, his Lord, his God, is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's amazing. Well, if he has absolute authority, and he does, and he's the savior of the world, and he is, what if I don't ever come to recognize him as the savior of the world? What if I never come to recognize that he died for my sins and that he was buried and he rose again. What if I never confess him as my Savior, as the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, you will. All of us will. There was a little boy who had a mother who was just in description without words. What a mom. And that little boy heard the gospel message over and over and over again when he was small. From the time he could remember, from the time he was about four or five years old, every opportunity that came, his mom would talk about the greatest gift of all, the Lord Jesus Christ. Every day, every day, every day. In fact, this little boy could, if asked, could tell you what the gospel was. But it wasn't until he was sitting with a friend who shared the gospel the light came on and he got saved. Right in the kitchen, sitting on the cabinet. And that little boy was me. I have been saved. This is hard to even imagine. I'm this old. But I have been saved for 52 years. What about you? You know, one of the things I realized when I was thinking through that this last week was, I wonder how many people grow up in Christian homes where their mom and dad just continually share the gospel with them. 
And you know what I started thinking about? All those kids that don't have that. I bet there's a lot of them. I know there are a lot of them in the world. But maybe you even grew up in a home where you didn't hear that. You haven't heard about the greatest love gift that there ever was in the person of Jesus. Who spread out his arms in love and died for your sins. Why? Because he loves you. And he was buried and he rose again. So yes, we celebrate the birth of a Savior, Christ the Lord. But we continue to celebrate him because of what he did for us in dying for our sins. Being buried and rising again. And that's why we have hope. I'm going to ask you to bow your head for me. I want you to just take this opportunity to do some inward reflection in your own life. You know, do you, do you just know about Jesus? Do you just know about him? Do you know that the Lord Jesus Christ came and lived and lived a perfect life and he, he died for you? Do you know that? Have you come to the point in your life where you recognize why Jesus died? He died for our sins. Because the Bible tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Have you come to the point where you have said, Yes, Lord, I am a sinner. And I'm trusting in what you did for me on the cross. And dying for my sins. Have you said, Yes, I believe. I'm trusting in him. We started out the service with five young people who at one point in time said yes. If you're one of those who does not know, I'd love to talk with you. I'd love just to sit down and chat with you and share with you how you can know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And for those of you who know the Lord, let's be more fervent in our prayer for others that they might come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and live for Him as Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, thank You so much for this morning and for everything that we were able to to witness. Lord, um, I just want to publicly thank you for my own salvation. I thank you for the convicting ministry of the Spirit of God. The Bible tells us he convicts the world of sin. And righteousness and judgment. And so I... I pray that 
there might be some in this place this morning who would be convicted of their sin and whose eyes would be open to see that Jesus paid it all, that indeed he died for them, and that by faith they would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And for those of us who know, help us not to take for granted that we know. And help us to be more aware of the fact that in many, many, many homes today and tomorrow in this season, there will be no celebration of Christ the Lord. Help us to be different. We pray all of these things through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who alone is King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Thank you guys for coming today. Can I just give you one quick message? This message is from Eva Garrett Blankenship. I always have to remember that last part. I've just known her so long as Eva Garrett. So Eva Garrett, she is down at UAB Hospital. And um, she is on a slow road to recovery. She was in a horrific car accident. I've seen her three times, and every single time, she's been better. She's still in a lot of pain, but I would ask that you would pray for her. And she so much wants you to know, and she said, that you need to tell them this. And when those ladies tell me what to do, I do it. Tell the congregation that I love them. And I'm thankful for their prayers. So I want you to know that. I also want you to know that Billy Nellums is in the hospital as well. She fell a couple of days ago. And, you know, it's hard for families and hard for folks like that. So let's not forget to pray for those folks and pray for their families. Thank you so much for being here today. And all of those that I don't know, please come up here. I'd love to meet you. All right, I trust you have a Merry Christmas, a wonderful day, and God bless you. You're dismissed.